Imagine not knowing what your income would be each week. Financial planning would be a nightmare. More than 90% of Vision's income is free will donations. When supporters commit to monthly giving, it provides greater certainty when budgeting for regular expenses and weighing up new opportunities that arise. And knowing we can rely on regular monthly gifts takes some guesswork out of operating a faith ministry. Monthly givers who share our mission are called Visionary Extra Mile Partners. And right now, you are invited to join this growing group of faithful supporters. The amount of your tax-deductible monthly gift is completely up to you. But what is most important is knowing that you are standing with us to reach Australia with the gospel. To become a Visionary Extra Mile partner, click the banner in the Vision app or go to vision.org.au slash extra mile. It only takes a few minutes, but will have an eternal impact. Vision. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as the principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Our series is entitled, The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 2. This particular lesson, based on John 14, verses 25 to 31, is called The Spirit and Peace. When we mean The Spirit... Of course, the reference is to the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Godhead. He is the one that's being sent to earth after the resurrection, ascension, and glorification of Jesus. Exalted at the right hand of God, Jesus and the Father send the Holy Spirit to this planet to give birth to the Christian church, to expand the Christian church, and to make people ready for God's kingdom on earth, which will have no end. I say on earth because that's exactly what we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the lesson again is called The Spirit and Peace, based on John fourteen twenty-five to 31. Let me read to you a couple of verses here. Verse 26 of John 14 reads, But the Comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Just those two verses alone speak volumes. They are so insightful, they are so inspiring, indeed they are so comforting. And we will look at these verses in greater detail. But first of all, let's note that Jesus is referring to the Holy Spirit as the Comforter, or the Parakletos in Greek, the advocate that comes alongside to guide, protect, defend, to counsel, and so on. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And 
God the Father is the one who will send the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. What do we learn? We learn that he will teach us all things. Of course, what we mean is he will teach us all godly things. He will teach us everything we need to know to live holy, righteous lives in this world, as well as prepare us for the world to come where righteousness finds its true home. It also says that the Comforter, meaning the Holy Spirit, will bring all things to our remembrance whatsoever Christ has commanded us. Again, that is a wonderful reassurance. And then Jesus goes on to speak about peace, shalom in Hebrew, a wonderful word still in common currency till now. Shalom is what he leaves with us. And it's not just any shalom. It's Christ's shalom, his peace. And he says he doesn't give his peace like the world gives. He gives us peace in his own wonderful, powerful, loving, eternal way. And then he goes on to say, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Again, the basis of our fearlessness, of our peace, of our calmness, our tranquility, is nothing to do with our own resources, nothing to do with our own ability, nothing to do with fortuitous circumstances. It has everything to do with God. We can live a life of perpetual peace and perpetual joy. When we belong to Christ, we're following him with a whole heart at all times. We are filled with the Holy Spirit and walking according to the word. Grace and peace will be our portion always. Now I want to read to you the entire portion from John fourteen twenty five to 31. The lesson is called The Spirit and Peace. And again, the reference is John chapter 14, verses 25 to 31. Let's listen carefully to God's word. These things I have spoken unto you, being present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away, and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto my Father. For my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass that, when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the Prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, Let us go hence. Our reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 25 to 31. The lesson again is called, The Spirit and Peace. Well, let's begin with verse 25, present with you. We continue the story of Christ's instructions to his disciples during and perhaps after the Last Supper. He speaks about linking love for him with obedience to him. We've had foot washing, we've had the revelation of the betrayer, we've had the introduction of the coming comforter, who will be the Holy Spirit that will birth the church and lead the church and work with the church 
to extend the message of the gospel and of God's kingdom. Jesus now reminds his followers that while he is present with them, he has spoken these wise and enlightening words of life. Christ's bodily presence will not always be with them, but good news, the presence of the third person of the Godhead, namely the Holy Spirit, will be with all disciples from now and always. As Jesus promised in the last lesson, he will not leave us comfortless. Why? Because the Comforter is coming to this planet. So, who is this Comforter, and what is the work of this Comforter? John fourteen twenty six. Now, we learned earlier, and it bears repeating, that the meaning of Comforter in the New Testament Greek is parakletos. Parakletos. Sounds like parakeet, but it's parakletos, who, who is an advocate who walks alongside to counsel, mediate, intercede, and defend. Jesus links the comforter with the person and work of the Holy Spirit. The Father will send the Holy Spirit to this planet and to the followers of Jesus in Christ's name. He is coming in power to signal the birth and growth of the Christian Church, an event that happened on the day of Pentecost in the second chapter of Acts. When the Comforter comes, he, like Christ, will be the teacher of all things. Furthermore, he will remind us of all things, whatsoever Christ has said to them. The coming Comforter should bring comfort to all who believe. And indeed, he does precisely that, with excellence, with majesty, with glory. Now we have this wonderful promise of peace from John fourteen, twenty-seven. Jesus speaks about peace, shalom, not just any peace, and certainly not worldly man-made peace. He is talking about the greatest peace of all. And in fact, I call it God's great, protective, perfect and permanent peace. The gift of peace is from the Prince of Peace. And it's not just for the eleven disciples. Of course, Judas was gone by this point, plotting to betray Jesus. The gift of the Holy Spirit and of peace is for all Christian believers. As Christ promised to give his peace, he contrasts it with the peace that the world gives. Worldly peace comes at a price. Worldly peace is only partial peace. And worldly peace is impermanent peace. It's so different when you're dealing with Jesus. Jesus says, I don't give peace as the world gives. My peace, or my shalom, shlomi to be exact, is freely given. There is no price tag for the simple reason that Christ's peace is priceless. <laughs> There's no way you can put a priceless tag on his peace any more than you can on his salvation, or his joy, or his love. All these things are freely given because they are beyond price. Christ's peace is given in full. That means we get the full dollop when we receive it. But what we will also learn is we can grow in peace as we grow in faith, grace, and glory. So God's peace is given freely, it's given completely and in full, and most importantly, it lasts forever. The prerequisite to God's peace 
is what is found in this verse, John fourteen twenty seven. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, we make a decision to obey the command of Christ, and of our own will, we resist and we retire from a troubled and fearful heart. This is extremely important, that you have to fulfill the prerequisite in order to receive Christ's peace. So when Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled or afraid, you simply pray, Lord, as an act of my will and an obedience to your command, I ask you to bind up, even paralyze, any notion to worry, to fret, or to be troubled. I believe your peace is going to replace worry, fear, fretting, and trouble, and your peace is more powerful than these things. Therefore, I receive them freely and gratefully in Jesus' wonderful name. Good starting point. The next step to God's peace after the prerequisite of John fourteen twenty seven is peace is established. And that's in Romans 5 and the first verse. Romans 5, 1. Having been reconciled with God, we have peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we come to God in the gospel, the Prince of Peace establishes his peace in our lives. Then we can have peace as like a bodyguard who will protect us. He will protect our mind, our thoughts, that is. He will protect our heart, our soul, our emotions, our feelings. He will protect our entire being. God's peace is like a bodyguard. Now, where on earth do we get that? It comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Basically, these verses say to worry about nothing, but pray about everything. With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And verse 7 of Philippians 4. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The next step in the peace process, we learn, is that God's peace is a great peace. I mean, it's so large, it can fill oceans. And that great peace keeps us from getting offended, stumbling, falling, bruising, injuring ourselves. It's horrible to be a person who's easily offended, and there's plenty of them out there. I know because I was one of them. But I've retired from all that because of God's great peace. How do you get that peace? The reference is Psalm 119, verse 165. Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. That's a jewel of a promise in God's word. Hold on to it tightly. Again, that reference is Psalm 119, verse 165. Finally, we can pursue peace that is perfect, I mean completely flawless, thus making sure that nothing can rattle us in any way. And that comes from Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Verse 4. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. So there, friends, you have, in a nutshell, God's peace process. It begins with John fourteen twenty seven, Let not your heart be troubled or afraid. Then it continues with Romans 5, 1. Peace established. Then protective prevailing peace of Philippians 4, 6 and 7. 
It continues on into great peace. That's Psalm 119, verse 165. And finally, it culminates in perfect peace. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. Now in John 14, 28, Jesus says, I go away. Jesus is offering more words of comfort since he reiterates the fact that he's going away, but will, in due course, come again to the disciples and to us. If we love him, we would rejoice because he is going to the Father who is greater than him. Now, he's greater in position, but not in deity. Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are fully God. So then he offers an early warning. John fourteen twenty nine. Jesus says, I tell you all of this ahead of time, like an early warning service, so that when it comes to pass, you might believe that I am he. Finally, in verse 30 and 31, end of talk. Jesus states that the time of talk and discourse is coming to an end. The prince of this world is coming to cast a cloak of darkness and terror on the world, especially through the passion of Christ. Yet Jesus and the devil are mutually exclusive. He says he has nothing in me. But the last verse, John fourteen thirty one, that the world may know. All this is said and done that the world may know. Know what? Know that Christ loves the Father. And the proof of this is that whatever the Father commands, Christ will do. And that includes suffering and dying for the sins of the world. Remember, Love and obedience to God go hand in hand. Jesus announces that it is time to arise and go hence, because, well, the passion is about to begin. Now our lesson is called The Spirit and Peace. And our lesson for life is that comfort of God is passed on to believers from the Son to the Spirit. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.